Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. All right, well, here we go. Today is our reading for February, day four, Exodus 25, 26, and 27, along with Proverbs chapter four. Five observations from our reading in Exodus today. Number one, the people were invited to give a free will offering to construct the tabernacle. We read this uh, at the very beginning of our uh, reading today. I want to just start with bringing this, this first verse uh, to your attention. Chapter 25, uh, verse 2. Speak to the people of Israel that they take for me a contribution. From every man whose heart moves him, you shall receive the contribution for me. So this is voluntary offering as they prepare to build the tabernacle. We'll come back to that in just a little bit. Number two, God gave precise instructions on all the details of the construction of the tabernacle. Uh, you're going to hear this as a repeated theme. We've already touched on it a little bit. Uh, you're going to hear it more and more as we go through the next couple of books of the Bible. The Lord gives very precise, very detailed um, listing uh, many, many times of what he wants and what he desires his people to do. And when God gives those details, uh, they're, they're for a reason, and they're to be followed. Um, sometimes when we're reading the Old Testament, it seems like just a lot of, of unnecessary detail, perhaps. But, but no detail is unnecessary for the people in which this was given. The Lord was teaching his people what he wanted. The Lord was teaching his people how to construct a place of worship, uh, how they were to look, how they were to eat, how they were to dress, how they were to, to deal with certain uh, dietary issues and certain um, community issues, civil issues. The Lord was building a people, and He wanted His people to be different from the world. They were to stand out. They were to be set apart from the world. And when we read about this, uh, it, it helps us to, to think about why God is doing that, why He is establishing His people uh, that, that would be different from the world. And if they're going to be different from the world, they're going to have to follow Him. And He is going to have to uh, reign over them. And He is going to be their supreme, be their sovereign God. And so He gives them very precise instructions, uh, including in this section, of how to build the tabernacle. Number three, the Lord would meet with the people in the tabernacle. Chapter 25, verse 22, there I will meet with you. What a blessing that God would meet with his people. Number four, the tabernacle was to have the Ark of the Covenant, the table for bread, the golden lampstand, and the bronze altar. And we do some reading today about some of these uh, materials that are part of the tabernacle. And then fifthly, there was to be a lamp that was set up to burn. Uh, the Lord is just helping them, setting the stage uh, to, to build this tabernacle together. Uh, and it's going to become something that will be a very important part of their life, a very important part of their um, religious life, of their worship of God. What are the applications we take from this? Number one, God's people should be generous. God's people should be generous. Again, back to chapter 25, verse 2. From every man whose heart moves him, you shall receive the contribution for me. 
You know, it's always been true that God's people are to have a heart of generosity. And that starts with an understanding of the fact that all we have has been given to us by God. Um, we'll read in just a, a little bit later this year in Deuteronomy where it talks about even the, the, the ability, the strength to make wealth comes from God. So, um, yes, you know, if, if you've been blessed financially, chances are you have worked very hard and you sacrificed a lot and, and you either learned a, a great skill uh, and or went and spent a lot of time getting an education. Uh, you, you probably started um, at the low end of a company and, and built your way up. Uh, you may have started your own company and built it from the, from the ground up. Um, no doubt you have worked really hard, but the, the strength to work hard came from God. The mind to be able to create came from God. Uh, the physical health to be able to work with your hands or to use your mind came from God. And when we understand that everything we have has come to, the, to us from the Lord, it makes us uh, have a heart of generosity. Uh, when we understand that we're not owners of anything, we're just stewards. Everything belongs to the Lord. Everything you have belongs to the Lord. Your house is the Lord's house. Your car is the Lord's car. Your, your, your money is the Lord's money. Everything you have is the Lord's. You're just a steward of it. You, you just take it, you oversee it, uh, you use it for um, the purpose He's given it to us, uh, to enjoy and to bless others. When you think like a steward and not like an owner, then our question becomes, uh, how can we best use everything the Lord has entrusted to our care? That's why God's people are generous people, because we shouldn't think selfishly. Um, we also have a, a giving mindset. Uh, the Lord gave to us, we give to others. The Lord has allowed us to be stewards over something. We want to steward it well. Uh, we also understand that life is not about the here and now. Uh, life really is about preparing us for eternity. So we hold loosely to things of this world. And so I, I just love this, this principle established early on in the Scripture that God's people uh, should be a giving, generous people. That should be true of us today. Uh, number two, God is concerned with details. Um, now, there are lots of things where the Bible doesn't give us every single detail. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly how long a, uh, a church gathering service has to be. It doesn't tell us how many songs to sing. It doesn't tell us how long uh, a sermon has to be. It doesn't tell us exactly what kind of programs um, and organizational uh, things for a church has to be. Uh, there's details that, that the, the Lord doesn't give us. But where he does give us details, they, they absolutely are to be followed, and they're there for an important reason. Um, and, and so often, I think Christians find themselves thinking, man, I wish God would have said more about this, or I wish God would have been more clear about this. But the truth is, we, we so often don't, don't do what he has revealed already. Uh, one author said it, this something like this, uh, it's not the parts of the Bible I don't understand that bothers me, it's the parts of the Bible I do understand and don't do that bothers me. Um, the Lord gives many details in the Word, and where He gives details, they are to be followed. And so, as you read the Scripture, when you see the will of God revealed, just always stop and ask yourself, am, am I doing this? Is my family obeying this? Or are we getting as close to the heart of what God wants us to do? Or 
are, are we kind of trying to, to stay as far away as we can but still be safe? Um, are you are you staying away from sin? Are you trying to, to kind of flirt with sin a little bit? Um, we don't want to live life on the edge of the Grand Canyon. Uh, let's walk in wisdom. Stay away from sin. Get as close to the heart of, of God as, as we possibly can. Now, in doing that, um, and we live by convictions, we also understand uh, we need to give grace to each other. Um, we need to give grace to each other because um, people are in, in different journeys, and just in terms of their sanctification. Uh, people have different knowledge of the Bible. Um, people's own conscience may be a little bit different in some, in some areas of decision-making. And so we want to be careful to follow all of the instructions God has given us um, and yet not substitute man-made rules in the place of Scripture, which is, of course, what was happening in Jesus' day. So God gives a lot of instructions because details matter to God. But let's make sure the details of our life are scriptural details um, and not simply trying to get everybody to live by our preferences. Number three, God provides a way for his people to worship him and meet with him. Now, this is just a staggering truth that God provides a way for his people to meet with him. He did that in the Old Testament and, of course, today uh, as the New Testament church. Um, we are able to gather uh, in, in one body, one church, but in many local assemblies all around the world. Uh, and on the Lord's Day to gather with God's people just remains an incredible blessing and privilege, I hope, uh, is still a thrill for your soul. Number four, God commands, we follow, and that is for our good. God commands, we follow, and that is for our good. Um, when we re do the reading in, in Exodus and, and the Lord's giving all this detail, it's it, it, He's the one giving the command. And it's the people's job just to follow. And that's for their good. Uh, that's true for you today, too. Whenever you do what the Lord's called you to do, it's for your good. It may not be easy. It may not be simple. Uh, it may be very costly. But it's still for our good to do what the Lord has called us in His Word to do. And fifthly, uh, the worship of God is always personal, but also deliberately corporate. The worship of God is always personal, but it's very deliberatively corporate, congregational. Um, true worship has to be from the heart. It has to be authentic. It has to be personal. But we always see in Scripture, here in, in, with the uh, tabernacle, we see it, of course, in the New Testament with the local church, that, that it's while it's personal, it's also on purpose from the Lord congregational. It's a corporate worship. It's something we do in community with each other. And so while our worship absolutely is from the heart and between us and the Lord, there's also a very um, congregational component to it. Uh, we give together. We pray together. We sing together. We use our spiritual gifts together. We serve each other. Um, we're to minister with each other. We sing to the Lord, but we sing with each other. Uh, and as we do that, we strengthen each other's faith. We encourage each other. Um, 
the New Testament says that we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And those are ways that we express our personal praise to God, but we do it deliberatively together, purposefully as a congregation, because we're not spiritual lone rangers. We're not to be on spiritual islands by ourselves. We gather with God's people where we can serve each other, see each other, help each other, pray for each other, uh, bear burdens for each other. And you see that even here in our reading today as they're making these uh, preparations to be able to worship God personally, but they do it as a spiritual community also. Um, And then a summary from Proverbs 4, guard your heart first and foremost because everything else comes from it. Um, that, that's basically just a restatement of Proverbs 4.23. Uh, when my wife and I were first married, the first number of months we were married, um, we would memorize a scripture a week that dealt with the heart. That's how we, uh, something we did when we were newlyweds. In the very first week we were married, our memory verse was Proverbs 4.23. Memorize it this way, above all things guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. And so every time I read Proverbs 4.23, I'm reminded of that truth that we need to guard our heart because everything comes from it. Um, Guard your heart with what you think, what you say, uh, from the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. Uh, Guard your heart with what you read, with what you watch. Uh, Guard your heart with what you meditate on. Everything comes from your heart, so guard it carefully. Um, And in so doing, seek to be someone who brings glory to the Lord in all things. Hope you enjoy the reading today.